What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown, Louisville NC State pre-game episode of The Breakdown. Big game coming up tonight as the Cards travel to Raleigh to take on the Wolfpack in a top 25 tilt on a Thursday night here. Lots of stuff to get into. Going to dive into that game, really break that down uh, and talk about it. Talk about the uh, implications for that game for the season. Um, talk about the uh, how big and how important that game is for Louisville uh, moving forward. Also, I'm going to touch on some of the other events that took place this week. Uh, obviously, David Tyree taking over uh, in the interim for Tom Jurich as the athletic director. We'll get into that. You'll get our thoughts on his appointment to the position as well. And as always, guys, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL, or you can get with us individually at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger, my co-host Lewis Metzinger, with me here tonight. Lewis, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, dude. Um, just ready to get this game uh, underway. Hopefully, get a W. We'll see. Um, just a correction from earlier. You combined the two, so we got. David Padgett did taking I? over and I, Vince Tyree. I did, didn't I? Yeah, you I call did. him David Tyree, which is kind of like, that's appropriate. I mean, yeah. two new guys, just go ahead and mix them together. At least I didn't call him Scott Padgett and David and, uh, Vince, Vince uh, Tyra. So you're, I uh, uh, you're one step ahead of the uh, Courier-Journal there. I, <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So you're right. Game night, uh, game day in the Ville. That's going to be a fun one tonight between the Cards and the Wolfpack. We'll talk about that. Um, I'm excited for this game. I have had this one circled. I know you have too. Um, had this thing marked on the calendar, and we thought it was going to be a good one, and now we know it's going to be a good one. Uh, NC State, of course, opens the season laying the egg against – well, not laying an egg. That's that's a little too harsh um, because it was a really tight game. But losing uh, to South Carolina on a neutral field – but Lewis, they quietly rattled off four wins in a row. They beat Florida State, which take that as you will, uh, but still at Florida State, which is not easy to do no matter how bad the Seminoles are. They got the win there. And now here they're sitting at 4-1 and one and ranked 24th in the country. Back in the top 25 for the Wolfpack for the first time since 2010. They are hosting a ranked matchup at Carter-Finley Stadium for the first time since two. Thousand. It's going to be a big night there, that is for sure. Um, so before we get into that, though, let's kind of just let's talk about um, Vince Tyree. See, I got it right that time. And David Paget um, and their appointments to their respective positions. Obviously, Paget was announced last Friday, so we didn't have a show since then. So we'll get to him first. Since he was the first one announced, Lewis, just generally your thoughts about David Padgett taking over. I feel like this is, obviously we know this is the guy the players wanted. Um, I feel like it's a guy that most of Cardination, there's a segment, but I, I say would most of Cardination uh, wanted him to get the job too, and he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I definitely get it. Um, it's it's the most logical pick, and I, I'm not against it at all. Um, I you know, I remember David Padgett when I was growing up, um, you know, he was during that, that time period, um, when you and I were, I wouldn't say first fans, but you know, definitely, you know, 
the early stages. Kind of, yeah, the early early stages, kind of when we were maturing into, um, into into you know, full fledged Cardinal fans. So that's right. Um, definitely a name we know very well and very familiar with. Um, definitely a guy who's. Um, passionate about the program um, being you know not only playing as a cardinal here but also being a coach for a while as an assistant but you know it's going to be tough for him it's not going to be just because the guys want to play for him doesn't mean that he's going to make all the right decisions as a coach and i think he mentioned that um himself so i think he knows um but i think the entirety of the um the team, the staff, and the fans will be behind him because um, this is kind of one of those years where you really don't have anything to lose. So go out there and, and make it happen. Um, I mean, if he takes this, not the, I don't want to make it like this team is not a top 10, possibly top 5 team with or without Brian Bowen. So it's not like he's taking a bunch of misfits on True. you know to hit the True. ACC schedule. Like This is a very talented team that he's uh, inheriting in a, in a way. Um, but if he takes this team down... Um, uh, I guess east, southeast to Rupp and beats UK on their home floor. Oh, uh, doesn't matter what happens after that. Yeah, he he'll be legendary. So we'll see. And I, I'm totally for it. I understand the wanting to cut ties with any Patino type thing, but I think yeah. you probably will once you get a full time guy. But I think for now, Paget is the safe and best possible candidate you could have put in that position. And I like what you said there at the end there about him being the safe pick. I mean, there were a lot of people that said, you know, why would you take somebody off the staff uh, when the staff has had all the troubles? David Padgett is not a part of any of that. I mean, he's been thoroughly vetted. The FBI has investigated. Um, President Postal has obviously looked into it as well. He's he's fine. David Padgett did nothing wrong at all. So... He, you're right in that, that he is the safe pick. Uh, and you mentioned that, you know, the fans getting behind this team, and they will. And we saw that at the football game uh, last weekend when the team was announced on the field. It was a standing ovation that lasted for probably 90 seconds or, or a little more. Um, and you could just feel that coordination was behind um, these guys. And you're right, Lewis. I mean, this is not like a, a band of misfits. I mean, this is a team that, just like you said, with or without Brian Bowen, they are a top. 10 at least uh, basketball team there is a lot of talent a lot of next level talent on this team Um, a lot of young guys that are probably going to see some playing time this year Um, so it's still an exciting team it's still going to be a fun product to watch Uh, David Padgett is not going to come in and reinvent the wheel um, as far as what this team is going to do offensively and defensively this season Um, so I I don't think that you have to worry about that. I mean, he's going to come in and do what they've always done, and that makes sense. I mean, why would you come in and try to totally change things uh, with a team, especially with a bunch of guys that are experienced and, and know what they're doing, like a Daniel Dell, like a Quentin Snyder, um, like a Ray Spaulding. I mean, gosh, you could even keep going. Honest Mahmoud, VJ King. I mean, these are guys that have been in the system, understand it, uh, and know what they're doing. So... I think that the outlook for this team, while I think overall expectations will be low, I think nationally expectations will probably be low given everything that's happened. I guarantee you, Lewis, in that locker room, expectations have not changed. Um, no, I, I think you're. No, I think you're 100 right. Um, yeah, go ahead. You know, th- these guys, they, uh, you know, 
nothing's really changed for them um, other than, I guess, losing their head coach. That's a big deal. But, you know, it's not like they're thrown in the towel. I mean, you've got guys that are Division One athletes that are the highest competitors. Um, you know, you've got guys that are probably potentially could go to the league after this year. I mean, I think Dang Adele had um, – I argued this during the, the spring. I thought Donovan Mitchell was an out just – out-of-this-world type talent player for Louisville. You only get those guys once in a while. Um, great kid, great athlete, unbelievable athlete, really. But t- towards the end of the year, Dang Adele was the best player on the team. And and I, I hold firm to that. I understand how good Donovan was. But towards the end of the season, Dang Adele was averaging 20-plus points a game. Yeah. He looks like the best player on the team. So, you know, you've still got him on the team. You know, Donovan's gone. I get that. It's going to be different. But you've got seniors on this team. Um, you've got leaders. Um and you've got a lot of young guys that, that are out to prove themselves. And what better way to do it than now? Um, so I don't think expectations have changed at all. And I don't – I'm not going to say they haven't for the fans either, but, you know, it's hard for them not to for the fans. But we still need to support this team 100%. I went out and got my red-white scrimmage tickets today. I said I wasn't going to. I know. After the whole news – the news broke, I said I'm not doing it. Um, but after, like, getting my head on my butt, I was like, why would I – why would I revoke my support for kids that had nothing to do with this? Right. Like by me not going, I'm not punishing Patino or or Jurich or the athletic staff. I'm punishing the kids that had nothing to do with it. And I say kids; they're they're our age. But I would I'm punishing. <laughs> we call them kids, these, though. These dudes that had nothing to do with it. No, is, it's true. That's that's ridiculous. So I went out, got my red white scrimmage tickets. I'll be there. So I think you're you're not the only one that feels that way. Um, you're not the only one that felt that way at the beginning and that feels that way now. Because I think as as a collective group, uh, Louisville fans, we all had that. Well, I'm not going. I'm done. I'm getting my season ticket money back. And I get that. And I get that response. And, and I understand that that is the initial knee-jerk reaction. But then, just like you did, when you step back and you think about it and you think of who you're really hurting when you do that, you're, you're not hurting Patino. You're not hurting Jurich. Uh, just like you said, it's, it's about the these guys on this team that had nothing to do with it, that did nothing wrong, uh, that just want to compete at the highest level in Division One basketball and want to win a national championship um, and want to win the ACC. So they need our support more now than ever. Um, and it's going to be easy to support them because, like I said, this is still a really good basketball team. And I think that's gotten lost a little bit uh, in all of these events, and that's a shame. Uh, but yeah, this is still a really good basketball team uh, that is going to beat a lot of good teams uh, this year in the ACC. You also mentioned, Lewis, that he needs the support of the staff. Um, David needs a staff. <laughs> that's that. That's first and foremost. Uh, right now... He does, for sure. Yeah, right now... Um, Tyre said that he is a, a one-man band, and that's the truth. I mean, it's it's David and and nobody else. David and and Reagan Ong, out there, which is a scary that's thought. Real, honestly, all you need. Though, I mean, really, being, you're right. Real. You're right. That's all you need is just an angry Reagan Ong out there um, helping David. But yeah, it, it is just David right now, and and we learned today that um, Vince Tyre will meet with. Uh, Kenny Johnson and Coach One, I mean Jordan Fair, um, tomorrow, uh, I believe it's tomorrow afternoon or, or something like that. But he will meet um, with both of those guys. So obviously, because Drew Diener makes the joke that uh, news breaks in this country at 10.01 when he goes off the air. 
Uh, I could argue that news breaks in this country on Fridays uh, after we've recorded the podcast. Yeah, that's fair. So, so obviously something big is going to happen tomorrow because we're doing the show tonight uh, and tomorrow's Friday. So Friday's always a news dump day. So we will probably know more tomorrow about the status of Kenny Johnson and Jordan Fair. And I can't imagine Lewis, maybe Kenny Johnson, but I can't imagine that Jordan Fair stays on the staff. I just, I just can't. I don't, I don't see how that's possible. Yeah, there's no way. Um, you know, again, like you said, I can see Kenny Johnson. Maybe I, he's got such strong Patino ties that it's like, yeah, maybe I know. he would leave too, but definitely not not Jordan Fair. And why would we? Why would we keep him? Exactly. Like he's involved. Like get rid of that. Anyone involved? Yeah, and I think it's telling that. Um, Tyrese said in his remarks, I believe it was yesterday, because David Padgett spoke to the media as well, uh, but I think he said in his remarks yesterday that Kenny Johnson has been around, um, has come around the program in the last couple of days, um, but of course Jordan Fair has not been around, and that's fine, and we can keep it that way. Um, so, we talked a little bit about David Padgett. I think it's a great um, I think it's a great pickup, a great hire. Uh, you need somebody that understands the program, understands these kids, these guys. We, you don't want to bring in somebody totally new um, and then try to go in. I think you're doing a, a disservice to them. So I'm, I'm glad that he was the pick. He's handled himself incredibly well in a couple of times that he's met with the media since the announcement on Friday. Um, Lewis, I'll ask you, do you think – or would you like to see David Padgett get a look, depending on how this year goes, um, as the as the head coach going forward? I don't think it will happen because I think that Louisville wants to make a big splash higher with this. Um, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Um, I, I think it really depends on how the season goes. And I hate to say that because it's kind of we're putting unfair expectations on a guy that's never – um, been a head coach of any basketball team. So um, it's a little unfair, but, you know, if he goes out and, and has a good season and we have some tournament success, um, I don't know. Even that, I, I, I don't know. Because I think, like you said, like Louisville is a historically um, a blue blood basketball program. So to give a guy that has never had, doesn't have any head coaching experience, a really little coaching experience at all, um, the head head man job at a university as big as Louisville. I, I don't know. Um, it would just, I guess, depend on who you could really realistically get. Um, I understand there's been a lot of uh, conflict here and a lot of things have gone wrong, but I still just don't see a situation where you don't have some coaches um, jump and ship to come coach at Louisville. I just, regardless of what happens, regardless of how tough the recruiting is going to be for a while, um, regardless of how, um, what additional bands might come or, or uh, scholarship reductions or anything like that, regardless of any of that, I know there are people <laughs> that would jump all over the kind of money that Louisville throws at coaches. So I, I don't know. I'd like to say, I'd like to think that if he does really well, which I think he will, that he gets a shot, but I, it's just, we're, regardless of what anyone tells you, we're a blue blood basketball program and always have been. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I don't know anybody in their right mind that would disagree uh, with that. I mean, Louisville is a blue blood 
Blue Blood program and has been. And I think that the issue is going to be whether it's David Padgett or uh, I know, you know, everybody obviously, anytime a head coaching position comes available, everybody looks at Greg Marshall um, at Wichita State. And uh, I've heard Jay Wright's name thrown around from Villanova. Uh, you obviously hear Chris Mack thrown around as well. I, I think no matter who it is, they're going to have massive shoes to fill when you look at over the last, gosh, how many years? Like 30-something years or more. It's been, well, it is more than that, 40-something years. It's been Denny Crum and Rick Pitino. Yep. And so whoever steps in, to the position of the head coach of Louisville basketball. They're going to have massive shoes to fill. Um, so it's going to be interesting to follow and, and see how that thing goes. But definitely this team has our support um, as we move through this season and the season gets even closer again. Uh, Lewis, what are those dates for the red-white scrimmages if uh, anybody wants to get out there and get their tickets? I know you can get the tickets uh, at the football stadium ticket office uh, from 9 to 5, and you can also go online and purchase tickets as well. I'm pretty sure the first one is the 13th, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Friday the 13th, um, that what you will. Um, and <laughs> I think it's around 7. Um, and then the next one is two weeks after that, so the 27th. Okay. So get your tickets, guys. Go out. Support this team. Um, they're going to put a fun product on the court to watch. Uh, so you definitely want to get out there and support them. So then, Lewis, we move on to the beginning of this week. And we get the announcement of the uh, acting athletic director. Not interim, but acting athletic director. Because interim implies that the athletic director has been fired or removed. And this person is taking their position. Acting means that they are still employed, uh, just not performing their duties at the time. So the acting athletic director, Vince Tyre, takes over uh, for Tom Jurich and makes a splash in his introductory press conference, really came off as a guy that has a love and support for the University of Louisville. Um, Even though he did play his college baseball at the University of Kentucky, it was a different time, um, and I've heard a lot of people up in arms about that, but you got to understand where the University of Kentucky baseball program was at the time, and more importantly, where the University of Louisville baseball program was at the time. Um, There was very little money being thrown at the Louisville baseball program. And frankly, they weren't very good at the time. So he got a scholarship offer to go play baseball in college in the SEC and pay for his college. I I can't really fault the guy for doing that. Um, And he has strong Louisville ties. I mean, hello, his dad is one of four numbers retired in Louisville basketball history. Um, So he does have some strong ties, a very – smart, successful businessman, um, has run several um, very reputable companies, knows what he's doing on the business side of things, played college athletics, um, so understands what it's like to be a college athlete and a student athlete, um, so he'll have a great relationship with them as well. Um, Lewis, he impressed me from what I've heard and what I've seen of him so far. I think it's a good hire. It's somebody that is also 
friends with Tom Jurich and understands Tom's vision and Tom's plan for the University of Louisville. And as far as we've heard from from several people, that he really doesn't have any interest in the job long term. So make of that what you will. But I think it was a great hire. He really did impress me at his introductory press conference. Yeah. um, You know, I'm not going to say that I was, I don't know. Uh, that's un- I did tweet that I was unimpressed, so I guess I can't really say I. You can I, back off of it now. You can. Yeah, you can. But I, I, you know, hindsight's really twenty twenty. I, I kind of. I'm still. I wasn't unimpressed per se, but I just felt, and I texted you this. I felt like it. it he came off really arrogant to me. Um, he talked a lot about like all the good things he's done. Um, I don't know. It just it just the way he was talking just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to th- I'm not going to worry too much about it. Um I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think that Jurich will be back. I believe that. So um I, again, I'm not too worried about it, but just first impression wasn't great. Now, Paget's introductory um press conference for me, he killed it. Um he 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 was humble. He said all the right things. Um and I was super impressed. But um Tyre, I'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think much is going to happen negatively or positively with him there um, in that position, so I'm not going to worry about it too much. You said you do believe that Tom will be back, and I kind of think that's interesting because there's a a lot of people that don't believe Tom Jurich returns or survives from this. I happen to think, excuse me, I happen to think that he does. Um, I happen to think that he keeps his job, and I hope that he does, Um, but what is your reasoning? What makes you kind of think and feel that uh tom does return um i just feel like he has the entire he has the support of every athletic um coach that we have um without question he has boosters on boosters on boosters that back him um writing letters um to postal um you know urging him to to maintain Tom as an employee. So I just think there's too much support, um, for him in this, the, as the university, um, you know, and I just think it'd be a, a, just a terrible, terrible mistake to actually let him go. On top of that, Patino has already been, he's fired, right? He he was unanimously voted from the athletic department to fire him. George has not been. So that, that there's that he's kind of like the, the, I don't want to say the sacrificial lamb, but like the the pound of flesh for the, the sure. board and, and everybody. Like here, here's Patino. Here, here is a firing, um, and and I think a, a just one at that. So, yeah. um, there was something I was going somewhere with this, and now I've totally off my train of thought uh, as to where this thing was going. And that's really, I hate when that happens, because this was going to be a great follow-up to what you said, and then I just totally lost it with my Patino are you just, comment are you, gonna, are you continuing to talk to try and get it back? Yeah, that's what I was trying to okay, do, but I just, yeah. I think it's gone, and I, I don't think yeah. it's coming back. So I should probably just move on from that and and uh, and give up on that happening at all. Uh, guys, you know how to get in touch with us. Hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL. Or you can uh, get with Lewis at Lewis Metzinger or get with me at Taylor Lynch, Taylor with an E, uh, or you won't find me, Taylor Lynch on Twitter.
Twitter as well. Guys, make sure you're sharing the podcast out. It's really simple if you're listening on, on iTunes. Uh, just go in there and, and click the share button. Share this thing out. Uh, we want everybody to hear it and hear what's going on here on The Breakdown. We appreciate you all for listening so much. And so now, Lewis, we kind of put a bow on that. Um, it's been an, It's been a long week. And I think in the mix of all of this, we've forgotten about almost this massive football game that we have tonight. The Cardinals and the Wolfpack getting it on in Raleigh tonight. It's a blackout for NC State. As I mentioned at the top of the show, first time they've hosted a ranked matchup since 2000. Uh, They are hyped. They are ready to go. Number 24, number 17. Um, Bobby Petrino, 1-8 against ranked opponents in his second stint now at Louisville. He's got a chance to change that tonight, better that record tonight. Um, Louisville, last time I checked, three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Um, So it's got all the makings of being an incredibly fun matchup. So before we really get into the nuts and bolts of this thing, uh, Lewis, just your... Your expectations for tonight, what you want to see happen tonight? Um, I, I definitely expect the NC State defense to show up, um, and it's going to be up to Lamar um, and guys like Dawkins, uh, Fitzpatrick, to really, um, and even Malik Williams to really step it up. Um, I shouldn't say step it up like they haven't been playing well, but um, show out to really um, combat that. Um, as far as like, NC State's offense. I know uh, Jalen Samuels is um, extremely talented, and he's gonna. Um, it's gonna be a tough task taking care of him. But I, I think outside of that, I'm not really too concerned um, with the uh, defense up front. It's just really what's the secondary gonna look like. Um, and I know Jair's supposed to be back, but he's what listed we're third. He's listed third on the depth chart behind. Um, Ronald Walker and uh, Russ Yeast. So we'll see if he actually gets any playing time. Um, if not, I mean, we could be in for a long night, but I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I, I'm not calm at all. Um, I, I know I text you that before every game, but um, <laughs> after playing does, two really. cupcakes, I do, yeah. After playing two cupcakes, you, you don't want your team to get kind of complacent. So we'll see what happens. This is a big game on ESPN prime time you're the only game on um really i think yeah so it's a big deal it is and and i talked about this a little bit last night on lsl with ethan um that this game is arguably when you look at the schedule the most important game left for louisville this season i said when you when we all looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year you saw the Clemson game as the first home game, and you saw the game at Florida State. Those were unquestionably the two biggest games on the schedule, without question. Well, that's obviously what unquestionably means because I've already said that. So, you can tell it's been a long week. Um, but then, you fast forward to now, and you look at what's happened. Clemson came into Papa John's Cardinal Stadium and ran Louisville out of the building. DeAndre Francois goes down for Florida State, and now they look like a train wreck. They don't know what's going on. Their offensive line is just as bad as it was last year. Um, 
and they've got some real questions. So they drop to 0-2. They get a victory. Now they're 1-2. and um, But they look like a very, very beatable team. And now you're Louisville and you're looking at your schedule and quietly, after falling off the face of the earth, after their loss to South Carolina, quietly here is NC State. They've rattled off four wins. They're 4-1. They're ranked. You're going into a hostile environment, blackout, going to be a crazy environment for in uh, Cardiff-Finley Stadium. And now this is the biggest game left, I feel like, on the Louisville football schedule. And I think that a lot is riding on what happens in this game tonight. I think if Louisville wins this game, then you're honestly looking at 11-1 and as a realistic possibility. Um because if you can go on the road and win against a ranked team on a Thursday night in a rowdy environment, then there should be nothing else on this schedule that scares you at all except for maybe the last game of the season on the road in Lexington. Um, but I think that, obviously, the the possibility of 11-1 and in an Orange Bowl berth becomes very realistic. Um, Louisville would likely jump into the top 15 after going on the road and beating a ranked opponent. Um, it just really sets the tone for the back half of this season, um, and I don't think we can stress that enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um I still think we're going to lose to Wake Forest. So, oh, gosh. This um, has been – no, because we got to talk about this. This has been the theme for Lewis since the first summer football preview series that we did back in – I guess it was the beginning of June. Since the football schedule was released, this has been his – calling card the entire time that we are going to lose to Wake Forest. We're going to lose to Wake Forest. And just like I told you last week, Lewis, when Wake Forest and FSU were in uh, playing arguably the worst game in the ACC this season, um, I told you when Wake had the lead, I said, Lewis, Florida State will not lose to Wake Forest. They just don't. It doesn't matter how bad they are. They don't lose and last year Wake Forest pushed Louisville it was tight it was ugly it was scary and then the fourth quarter happened Louisville does not lose to Wake Forest just like Florida State doesn't lose just like Clemson doesn't lose some things you just know yeah we're losing to Wake Forest this year oh my gosh um just so you know at Um, Lewis Metzinger on Twitter yeah, so we will definitely we'll be ten and two, uh, with a loss to Wake Forest and a loss to Clemson. Well, we could be nine and three with a loss to NC State tonight. Um, I don't necessarily <laughs> predict that, but I, I don't. We're holding an L to, to Wake Forest. Just wait, and then you can. Uh, yeah, please at Lewis Metzinger. It's L O U I S M E T Z I N G E R. So come at me with your um, your takes, but. University no, six student, university six student Lewis Metzinger here. Um, no, we're definitely we're we're losing to Wake. So, um, outside of that though, I guess I'm kind of worried about the Kentucky game. But then again, you know, it's happened what once in six years. So right. I, I don't know. We'll be all right. But yeah. So lost to Wake for sure. And then, other than that, I think ten and two. Oh my gosh, I've heard a lot of people talk. 
about the beginning of this week and knowing that this game was on a Thursday night. and A lot of people have talked about last year when Louisville went on the road on a Thursday night to a rowdy environment playing a Houston team that wanted this win so bad and then Louisville just got flat out embarrassed from the beginning, literally, of the game. They were flat out embarrassed. Um, and I've been talking about, you know, is that going to rear its ugly head again tonight? And Lewis. Yeah, Wake Forest is, or uh, NC State does not have Ed Oliver. No, exactly, exactly. You, I mean, Bradley Chubb is good, um, but he's not Ed Oliver. Um, he's very good. He's very disruptive. Um, but I just don't. I don't see that happening again two seasons in a row for Louisville to go on the road that way um, and just get embarrassed because you know inside that locker room and inside those meetings this week, somebody said something about that. Somebody said something about the last time they went on the road on a Thursday night, they got hammered. Um, So Louisville has got to bring the intensity tonight. Uh, They've got to be the aggressor. They have to be the aggressor, Lewis, on defense. Um, because we haven't seen that at all at any point this season. Um, You're going up against an NC State offense that's ranked 33rd in the country, Um, a large portion of that due to their passing attack, which is 24th nationally, getting 293 yards a game through the air. Averaging uh, receivers average at 10.32 uh, yards per catch. So Louisville's going to have to do a really good job getting after Ryan Finley, getting into the pocket, disrupting things for him. Uh, Finley's a guy that's completing 71% of his passes, almost 72% of his passes so far this season. So they're going to have to really be aggressive on defense, get after him, rush the passer. Um, and the secondary is going to have to play well. I mean, there's no getting around that. I mean, the the rushing uh, offense for NC State has not been great, 60 Yeah, 63rd in the country. Um, So I feel like our front four can handle that. But they're going to have to do a better job in in pass coverage um, tonight in order to to get a victory. Um, Finley hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's thrown nine touchdowns. I mean, he's played very well. Um, So Louisville's going to have to just ratchet up that pressure and play well. Uh, against the pass, and I think if we do have Jair Alexander back tonight, which all signs point to, then this whole secondary can kind of get back to a sense of normalcy, um, because you just see it as one guy being out. But it's it's one guy being out, and then other guys having to move to positions that and and responsibilities that they're not used to taking on. So it changes the whole complexion of your secondary. So if Jair gets back. Then Tremaine Washington can go back to doing what he was doing, and then everybody's comfortable again. Um, and I think right. there's something to be said about when a team is playing and they're comfortable. Um, they're not worried about, is this other guy going to be doing what he's supposed to be doing? Which you shouldn't be worrying about anyways, but you do. I mean, inherently, when you're out there on the field, you have to be concerned about, is he going to do his job? Because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my job, but is he going to do his? And, and you, don't, you don't have to worry about that. When Jair is out there, this defense can relax a little bit and just play ball and just do what they do. Um, but, but do you think he'll be in the position to to be a guy that shuts down an entire half of the field I, with coming off an injury and have not having played since really the first half of the first game of the season? And we're in week, what, five? I think, yeah. 
my thought process is you don't bring a guy like Jair Alexander back with all of his NFL potential and his draft stock hanging in the balance. You don't bring a guy like that back unless you know that he is ready to go. And I don't think it matters what the game is. I don't think it it matters how important the game is. Unless he's 100% or as close to 100% as he can possibly be, I don't think you bring him back. So if Jair Alexander plays tonight, it's because he is ready to play tonight. Um, That's fair. And he is ready to do everything that he did before. So I don't think you so much have to worry about that. Now, maybe there'll be a little bit of rust early on uh, just because going full go in practice is a little bit different than going full goal in an actual full go in an actual game. Uh, so I think there might be a little bit of rust early on, but once he gets back into the swing of things, a guy like Jair, Jair Alexander, I mean, it doesn't take long for his motor to get revved up and him get ready to go. So I think if he does play tonight, you're going to see Jair Alexander that you're used to seeing. Um, so, and I do think he is capable of, of shutting down an entire side of the field. And if he can do that, then that just makes Ryan Finley have to think more and gives the defense more time to get to him, uh, the defensive line and the linebackers. So, I think that's something we can all hope for tonight. When you look at NC State's defense, we've talked about them a lot, Lewis. I feel like it's it's almost become a little nauseating that all through the, the offseason and into the beginning of the season, we all talked about how great the NC State defense was and how dominant the NC State defense was. And they are good. They are really good. Um, but unfortunately, this vaunted defensive line, while they've played well, it's almost been just the Bradley Chubb show. I mean, we haven't seen the rest of that defensive line for NC State really step up and make a ton of plays. Chubb's third on the team right now um, in total tackles with 29. Now he does have 11 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. Um, but the next closest guy on the line is um, is BJ Hill, and then Darian Rosen uh, Roseboro, and then Justin Jones and Kentavious Street. So. They, I mean, they they played well, but they haven't played, I think, as well as some may have expected. I mean, when you look at their numbers, obviously, their rush defense is is incredible. They're eighth in the country. They're holding teams just eighty five points or eighty five yards a game, rushing. Um, but when you look at that secondary for NC State, Lou, you think Louisville got problems? NC State got problems. They got problems in the secondary. They're 116th, 116th in passing yards allowed at 284.8. Lamar Jackson's I'm, eyes good. I'm happy about that. are just But what blowing. always happens is whatever whatever the team has been doing terrible at, like they're, the announcers are going to talk about it pre-game and say, well, Lamar Jackson is going to throw all over NC State, and then it's going to be they're going to he's going to get picked off four times. Like it's just that's what happens <laughs> to us. No, you're right, you're right. But I'm just I'm I'm just saying, you know, if, if we're looking at numbers and you're looking at a matchup that could be exploited, this wide receiver core for Louisville is going to have their opportunities. Now, Jalen Smith being gone is is a huge loss. Um, 
But we've seen Des Fitzpatrick, and we've seen Seth Dawkins, and these other guys step up, and they're going to have to step up in a big way tonight. And I think they're going to have opportunities to get separation and make plays. Now, it's whether the offensive line can hold up and keep Bradley Chubb away from Lamar Jackson. Uh, And if they can do that and Lamar can have some time to really pick NC State apart, which I think he can, it could be a long night for the Wolfpack. I mean, it's been now three years of playing against Lamar Jackson, and, well, this is year three, sorry. So they've had two years of playing against Lamar Jackson, and they haven't been able to do anything yet to stop him. Um, So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. but that's definitely an interesting matchup to watch is the way this Louisville passing attack and the wide receivers can go up against that secondary for NC State. And I think that the the winner of this game is going to come down to whose secondary can play the best. Um, if Louisville secondary comes out and plays like we all think they're capable of playing and Louisville can get some pressure defensively, then I think the cards could you know go in and just handle business. Um, but if the secondary struggles, then they're going to get into a shootout. And if they get into a shootout, I still like Louisville's chances because they have Lamar Jackson, and he will be the best player on the field tonight, without question, in Carter-Finley Stadium. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's going to be a fun one, though, nevertheless. Um, a very interesting matchup. Um, a great matchup for the ACC on a Thursday night to have that primetime showcase and two nationally ranked teams. It's definitely going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be... I, I don't know. I'm right there with you, though, Lou, as far as being nervous. I mean, as, as much as I've looked at this game and, and studied this game and studied you know what Louisville could do well and and what this NC State team looks like, I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous because you see, you remember that Houston game last year. And so it just, it still gives me pause. Yeah, I think the the game itself will probably be fun, but my my bouts of diarrhea pregame will not be as fun. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, you've got... um, you got like an hour and, what, 17 minutes uh, to get all of that out of your system? Uh, there, a lot the can happen in an hour and, and, and 16 minutes now. That's true. That's true. A lot can happen. Um, so what do you think happens tonight? That is what we call a segue in Radio Kids. Uh, what do you think happens tonight at Carter-Finley Stadium between the Wolfpack and the Cardinals? As far as score predictions? As far as just, uh, yeah. I mean, we can throw some score predictions out there. I've got mine, but you can tell me what you think happens uh, as far as the game itself, um, and then give me your score prediction. I think that it's going to be tough for Louisville at the beginning. Um, I think the first quarter is going to be either 7 nothing, 10 nothing, right around there probably. Um, but I think once uh, Lamar gets comfortable, used to the noise level, um, I, I think Louisville will be okay. Um, and I can see, let, let me go with Louisville. I'll take Louisville uh, 40, eh, 35 to 21. Okay. 35, 21. Um, I have not seen the secondary show me that they can stop anybody. So right. until that happens, I will be very skeptical to make a pick based on how they play. Um, 
I do hope and pray that they play better tonight and that this thing isn't a shootout and that Louisville can just roll and win this game handily uh, because it's not often that a team gets multiple primetime chances to make a big statement. Louisville had one against Clemson and got egg on their face. Um, So now they have this opportunity here tonight to be the only game on TV at 8 o'clock primetime against a ranked team on their home field. Louisville has to seize this opportunity tonight. And I think that with Lamar Jackson and this offense for Louisville, the improved play of the offensive line, the play of the wide receivers, um, I think Louisville will be able to get it done tonight. I want to see Lamar Jackson cut it loose tonight, Lou. I want to see him be the Lamar Jackson that we all know he is. Um, Because I I feel like he's been a little hesitant at times this season to take off and run. Um, I think he's tried to stay in the pocket a little too long at times. I don't want to see that this er, tonight. I want to see Lamar use his instincts and just be Lamar. I do want to see him stay in the pocket and make plays when they're out there to be made. But I don't want him to be hesitant to just take off and run for 30 yards if he has the opportunity. Um, So I want to see that tonight. I think that Louisville gets the win 40, say 42 to 35. I think they, I think they win by a touchdown. Um, it's a little closer than my stomach will be able to handle, but oh yeah, we'll go with that. I mean, they covered the three and a half, so you get you get that if you're a betting man. Um, sure. But I, I just, I don't know. I think NC State's a good team. I think they they have a good offense. They have a good, really good quarterback. Um, and they have a good front four on defense. Um, but I, I think that their secondary is their Achilles heel, and Louisville should be able to exploit that just like NC State will undoubtedly exploit Louisville. So, yeah, 41-35, uh, my pick for tonight. So before we wrap things up, we're going to go ahead and get the picks uh, for this week from the two of us. And Lewis had a rough, rough week last week um i think you were something like oh and three and something i mean it it was bad it was like three and something um what are you talking about that's great dude that's amazing (laughs) oh but i am now uh i had a great week so i am now 20 Yeah, yeah yeah 22 and 10 and lewis i think you're 20, I think you're 21 and 9 or 20. No, I don't know. Well, no way I'm that close. No, I had it written down somewhere. Um, I'll tweet that out, but we're, we're close. I think I've got like a two game lead on you now or, or something like that. It's close. I had it written down, um, but I'll I'll look it up. So this week in college football is absolutely terrible. Uh, as far as good games go. So just brace yourselves for these. Um, the first one we're picking here, it's LSU at number 21, Florida. Uh, the first one to a field goal wins. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, <laughs> where are you? A safety wins. There you go. Uh, where are you going on this ugly game in the uh, SEC? I, I mean, after what we watched last week with LSU, I've got to go with Florida. Um, at least they're beating people. Um so I'll go with Florida. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, but I think Florida will definitely win. I just want to see a scoring affair. And let me yeah, say, any scoring, yeah. let me 
you know, wave my my flag here for the Troy Trojans going into Death Valley and getting the win. Uh, my my soon-to-be alma mater, the Troy Trojans, uh, fight on, guys. Go in there and, and whoop up on LSU the way that they did. Um, yeah, so I just had to, had to throw that out there. Let's go, Trojans. All right. Um, the best game of the weekend, and college game day will be there. It's 23 West Virginia traveling to Fort Worth to take on number 8 TCU in a Big 12 showdown. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I forgot to give my pick. Uh, I've got Florida uh, taking care of LSU. LSU's garbage. Uh, so, number 23 West Virginia at number 8 TCU. I I think the Mountaineers' defense is a little better than TCU's. Uh, and in the Big 12, if you can be just a little better on defense, uh, then you've got a chance to win the game. Give me West Virginia to get the upset on the road at TCU and just throw the Big 12 into just panic. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the opposite there. Um, I, I'm gonna go with TCU. Okay. I don't I don't have a lot of in-depth reasoning. I just I just like TCU in that one. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, this game. Man, if there's a game that lost its luster from the beginning of the season to now more than this one, please show me. It's 13 Miami at Florida State. Uh, the Seminoles struggling. Got a win last week. One and two now. Miami um, riding the wave of being undefeated still. They take their number 13 ranking into Tallahassee this weekend. Lewis, where are you going? Um, I watched Miami play Duke. Uh, was it Duke? Yes. Yeah, it was Duke. They were both undefeated at the a, time. Duke's a decent team. I know. Um, and Miami went to Duke and beat them. Um, so I'm going to go with Miami in this one. I don't, again, I think Malik Rozier... Um, I think he's a good young quarterback. I think he's going to have uh, a decent game, and um, I think they'll take care of uh, business. I, I I don't know. Florida State's just not good, dude. No, they're not. They're not at all. But I feel like we always talk about this being Miami's year. This is going to be Miami's year. This year, they're going to get back to being the the U and, and the old Miami, and we just never see it. And now here they are at 13 and undefeated, and they're going to take on an a Florida State team that, frankly, they should beat handily. No questions asked, no problems whatsoever. And that's why I think Miami will lose this game, and I think Florida State will get back to 500 and actually have momentum on their side for the first time all season. Uh, give me the Knowles in this one at home. Uh, the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy, Lewis, as Michigan State travels to Michigan, number seven Michigan, uh, to take on the Wolverines. This game, I, I think it... I don't know if there's a team in college football that we don't know or that we know less about than Michigan State. I mean, it feels like they haven't played on TV all season. I'm sure they probably have, but it feels like they haven't been on TV at all. Nobody's talking about them. I don't even know who they played or who they've beaten. Um, I know they played Iowa last week, but... I, I mean, I just feel like we know absolutely nothing about Michigan State. 
And I feel like we've watched Michigan a lot, and I still don't know if we know that much about Michigan. Uh, no. This is a team that got beat by Florida that neither one of us think is very good. Um, so I don't – I don't know. I'll go with Michigan because they're the home team, uh, but I would not be surprised at all if Michigan State beats Michigan this weekend. I don't think anyone would be. Um, and my buddy's a Michigan fan, um, so I obviously want Michigan State to win, but I don't think they will. I think Michigan will take care of business. All right, Duke and Virginia. Hello, Cavaliers, with your one loss. What's going on? Bronco Mendenhall got the Cavaliers feeling good right now. Uh, Duke comes into town, Lewis, and you said it. Duke, a very good, uh, or not very good, but they're they're a good team. They're, they're a pretty good, good team. Yeah. Uh, they got a really good defense. Uh, so where are you going here with Duke at Virginia? Um, just because I really haven't seen Virginia enough, um, I'm going to go with Duke here because I watched. They played Miami tough. Um, they shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. Um, so I think that they'll correct some of those errors, kind of like Louisville has had to over the season. So um, I think Duke's going to go in there and win. I think so too. Uh, give me the Blue Devils here in this one um, behind their defense that I think is a pretty pretty good defense um minnesota travels to purdue purdue is the favorite at home i think it's uh, three and a half or, or two and a half or something like that um, but they are the favorite at home jeff brom squad trying to get to a game above 500 they're sitting at two and two right now probably should have beaten michigan uh last weekend uh, but again you know michigan does what michigan does and they find a way to win a game um but purdue played very well have played very well in every single game they've played this season um, now, two of them haven't gone their way. Two of them have. Um, they're at home against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I like. Give me, give me Purdue in this one. Uh, I think Jeff Brom and his guys get it done uh, and take care of the Golden Gophers. Lou, I agree with you. I think I watched the Purdue uh, Michigan game. Was that last week, really? That seems like it was a month Doesn't ago. Doesn't it, though? Um, yeah, I think they'll take care of business, too. I, I don't – They the game got away from – the final score of that game does not accurately represent not at all. the game. No. Um, so I think they'll take care of business against Minnesota. All right, and the last one on our picks here, it's Missouri at Kentucky. Lewis, believe it or not, I did kind of struggle with this one. Um, Missouri is hot garbage. I know, dude. Go ahead. About? Go ahead. Oh my gosh, Missouri is awful. Like Kentucky is are. awful as well, but like <laughs> they're less off. Like like this is like you know, which pile of garbage do you what looks more appealing? You know what I mean? So I <laughs> I guess technically I, I like Kentucky's colors better than Missouri's like piss color. I I don't know. I, that's all I can go <laughs> off. Of, so. Oh, Jason Anderson's crying somewhere right now. Uh, he is so upset with your Missouri take. Um, no, I, the reason I struggled with this one, honestly, was because Kentucky should clobber Missouri. And yeah. anytime Kentucky should just waste a team, I get really worried for them because I don't know if they know how to do that. Uh, hi, Eastern Michigan uh, from last weekend. What's up? So... I, I pick Kentucky to win this game. I am not overly confident about it, though. We'll just we'll put it that way. I think they win. Yeah. I'm not confident that they win. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. 
All right, guys. That's all the time we have on the show for tonight. We got a game to watch. It's game day cards at NC State, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Tune in and uh, let's cheer the cards on to a big ACC Atlantic Division victory for Lewis. I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Make sure you listen to the podcast, tweet this thing out, hit us up on Twitter at The Breakdown UL. Check out the website, TheBreakdownUL.com. Go Cards. Beat the Wolf Pack. I don't need a tomorrow. I just need a tonight. I got this hurting down deep inside.